are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969. Today is Friday, May 12th. Rare, rare Friday pod coming out. Uh, moved a little bit later in this week, but we are here. Another episode, episode 52. Uh, before we get into everything we're going to go through today, obviously we've got the NFL schedule release, uh, which we know 85% of the schedule by the time we're recording this. We'll talk through all of that. Some news and notes from around the league and the team, and we are also going to take a look at uh, some missing holes or filling some holes on the Jets roster um, as we approach <laughs> between now and August. So before we get to the laughing Theodore from New York, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same as the YouTube Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at spring Blake with four A's uh, update. I tweeted Elon, Elon Musk uh, tweeted out about how like, Hey, if you lose followers, like we're getting rid of inactive accounts. And I replied to it. And I, I was like, Hey, can you take care of at spring Blake for me? Uh, he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but you know, maybe that's that the one a spring. That's the one, a the spring one, Blake? the one, a spring Blake. I just added him. I was, and he didn't see it. He be hasn't fun. been using it since 2013. So I just, you know, hopefully we can get that there soon. Teddy, how you doing? How you doing Theodore? I'm doing good, man. I, I, I it, it's funny your comment about the schedule because when Blake and I were texting this morning, um, planning this, I was like, "Oh yeah, we can talk about the, the the opening game that we know." And Blake's like, "Yeah, schedule comes out at eight, so that's kind of weird, but like we'll know some of the games." And then here we are. Blake texted me like an hour ago. He's like, "We already basically know all the games are are pretty close to it, so I'm not super worried about the ones that we'll miss." Um, not a huge schedule guy, but but it should be fun. Yeah, right now we're we are recording before we know week five, week seven, week eleven, and then thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That's about it. And, and if it drops the, while we're potting, we'll let you know. We probably it probably is. It's probably will. <laughs> um, so Teddy, before we get to the schedule, let's talk about some news and notes from the world of the New York Jets. Uh, two signings uh, since we last recorded. Randall Cobb was a pretty early one on ever since our last episode. There. Sorry about that. Wide Got receiver. Got my dog here. Yeah, we got we got River that'll be giving us shout outs in the back. He was very excited about the Randall Cobb signing, as you can tell. Um, so we'll talk <laughs> him. We also brought in uh, defensive lineman, big boy, Al Woods. Um, I want to talk about Woods first, because I think when we left the NFL draft, um, taking a look at, you know, something that we're going to discuss later on in the show is is holes and, and, and position groups that we didn't necessarily feel great about. And there was, you know, some size lacking in the middle of that defense. Um, lost a few guys. One guy went to Houston, shuffling around as well, too. Um, and, and here comes Al Woods, all 330 pounds of him. Um, former fourth rounder out of LSU that in his career has played for the Bucks, the Steelers, the Titans, the Colts. He had two stints with the Seahawks, which is where he played most recently. Recently last season, uh, appeared in 14 games, 39 tackles, five tackles for loss, and two sacks. Teddy, um, really good depth piece uh, in the middle of the defense and and something that, you know, like I said, leaving the draft, you're like, okay, we still need to add in a name or two in the middle of the defensive line. Definitely, definitely like the move. Definitely excited about it. Um, when you look at just kind of exactly what you just said, what we were thinking about that kind of rotational um, defensive tackle was definitely something we needed. And, you know, the Jets one weakness last year, right. Was stopping the run and, and the, the um, defensive line kind of ability to do that. Obviously they did it well, but it was kind of the, the, their, their biggest weakness. Um, so I like that they've addressed it, you know, over time, I think there was times in the off season when I started to panic and you're like, what are they really thinking here? Um, but over the past couple of weeks, they've signed a couple guys 
and kind of shored up that that room. Um, so yeah, I think think this along with Cobb, who we'll talk about, I think they're both just kind of like shoring up um, signings that that I definitely like. Yeah, I, and honestly, as we take a look at the defensive tackle position group as a whole now, um, I feel better about the group this year than I did last year. I think it goes deeper. I think it's got better size. Obviously, you're keeping Solomon Agreed. Thomas in there. That's got experience in there, but not only just adding in um, Al Woods here as well, too, but also the addition of Quentin Jefferson. You know that you're going to get some John Franklin Myers in there as well, too. Obviously, the big name is Quentin Williams, and we're, we're talking about him uh, after we you know discuss Randall Cobb, but... Um, as a whole, I feel a lot better about the interior defensive line. And look, it's it's one of those position groups that is sort of becoming valued or more than it, it ever had before, too. I think, you know, everybody wants your pass rushes as well, too. But the interior disruptors, if you've got guys in the middle that can take on um, and carry the workload and make life easier for your edge rushers, that seemed to be something the last few years that people have really started to um, – to place a higher importance on beefing up. And especially in this defensive front, I think it's a great signing. And, and, you know, one of those names where, you know, you get through the first few waves of free agency and then everybody takes a break because then you're in your draft prep and you're like, okay, well we need to get through the draft and then we can go see, you know, now we're making those signings of addressing the spots that we need that we weren't able to necessarily get in the draft. So I like the signing Um, as for Randall Cobb, you know, Teddy, Teddy joked about this before we went on, but like as much as we had been assuming that Aaron Rodgers was going to be a jet for two months before the trade went through, I also just assumed Randall Cobb would be uh, a signing as well too. And, and he comes in now, um, you know, a, a depth wide receiver, obviously he's been one of Rodgers favorite targets over, you know, his tenure in green Bay. Um, he had two separate stints there uh, with the Packers as well. So I think he went to Houston in between. He was somewhere before he came back yeah. for a second stint, yeah. but Houston. He was a name that, you know, I think it was either, either last year or two years ago where things were a little uneasy with the Packers front office between Aaron and them. And he was like, look, no, I want Randall Cobb on the team. They got it done and they bring him in here to uh, to New York. So thoughts on, on Randall Cobb specifically, Theodore? Yeah, I, it's funny, like <laughs> kind of you and everyone was was assuming uh, Randall Cobb was just going to get signed. I like appreciated the joke, but I wasn't really it wasn't really on my radar of like, this is definitely going to happen. Um, but then when you see it happen, it's kind of like, yeah, all right. Um, doesn't move the needle for me a ton. I mean, I think it's like a good depth piece. He's he's solid. I think about when you think of what a guy like Braxton Berrios did in the offense last year like outside of kind of just like the, you know, let's get this guy the ball on some of these tricky plays. What you kind of hope for a fourth, fifth string receiver is just like when they go in, can they be sure handed? Can they make a couple plays? Can the quarterback trust them? Um, so I don't expect Randall Cobb to get a ton of, of playing time, a ton of burn, but I definitely do expect to see him out there a few times a game and just knowing like, okay, yeah, maybe Garrett Wilson or, or Lazard or Hardman need a blow and, and then you put out a guy like Cobb, who's your fourth or fifth guy, like to have the familiarity with, with Rogers is, is definitely a plus. Um, so I don't think it's anything to write home about or overreact to, but I definitely think like, you know, good or bad, I'd say it's a good signing for sure. Yeah. I think the general note was like the overreaction wasn't on the, like, Oh, this is great. We're really beefing up this wide receiver room because at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's, you know, bottom of the the receiving room depth chart, you know, for Randall Cobb there, the overreaction that a lot of people went into was this whole wish list stuff uh, that really started, you know, a while back when it was like, 
well, they wanted Alan Lazard and look at Billy Turner there now and Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator and they bring in Tim Boyle as the backup quarterback. Basically like everyone on that wish list outside of like Odell and the other big name receiver are now on the team, which is pretty funny. And and Odell was like, (laughs) and Odell was like a a hair away from also being We were trying our best. So uh, Robert Sala appeared on the Rich Eisen show and he was asked about that in the wish list. And Robert Sala gave the just like, and we probably even discussed this on shows. Before he did too, it in the, at like, the press conference too. But it's just like, where he said the same thing. You want some sort of stability and continuity for a guy that is, you know, making one of the biggest changes in his 18 year career. This is the first big adjustment where everything he does in his process is going to be different. It's a new organization. It's a new city. It's a new training staff. It's new equipment staff. Like everything is changing for him. So let's bring in just a little bit of stability. Like, I don't get why people want to be like, Oh, Rogers is so demanding. Look at all the signings they made them do. It's like, no, why wouldn't you want some continuity there? It happens across the league all the time. Brady brought in Rob Gronkowski. Robert Sala, when he first became a Jets head coach, brought in a ton of guys from San Francisco. He's still doing that to this day. You know, Lakin Tomlinson was uh, the last year signing. Um, DJ Reed did some work previously as well, too, and that's in that same system. Nathaniel Hackett, his offensive coordinator, brought Billy Turner to Denver and now to New York. Like it just happens because you want guys that are familiar with how you operate amidst a lot of change. So I just, it's so dumb that people want to pin this on Rogers being demanding. I, I, I do very much think that like that narrative is, is primarily just like, Oh shit. I'm a little blue. You look look cool on the video. (laughs) You look really cool. Focus. I apologize. I'm not really sure what's happening there. Um, but for the podcast listeners, um, we're talking about Rogers and his wish list is what happens when I get distracted, huh? I know you really got thrown off there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All right. So, so what were we talking about? Oh my God. (laughs) We were talking about how stupid it is that everybody was like making it out to be this demand list. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's right. smart to have continuity for players making changes. The big point that, that I like go into with this is, um, you know, like obviously you don't want to have a situation where like the players feel like, or, or the like the staff is making moves 100% based on what the players want. Like that's not the ideal situation. But when you look at like where the Jets are and how they're going to approach this season of like going out there and trying to win a Super Bowl with this veteran quarterback that we just recruited and signed from Green Bay, like Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old and he's been in the league for – you know, however many years, I I don't know the numbers, 18 years. Robert Sala is 44 years old. He's been in the league, you know, he's been around, but been a head coach less than, than Aaron Rodgers. Joe Douglas is 46 years old. So it's like, we get it in, that's like we get, we get in this idea of like, okay, the coaches coach the players and the front office handles the coaches. And it's like, yes, that is the general structure, but it's like general structure. Who's the biggest guy in that room? It's Aaron Rodgers. And and you think about what like I like to view I like to view it kind of as like a like they are all the heads of this team kind of making things happen. And, and does Aaron Rodgers have the checkbook and is signing out? Like, no, but he definitely has that input. I also think it's like to point out these specific signings is pretty funny like I think Nathaniel Hackett is the one guy 
where you can kind of say like the Jets probably got Hackett with Rodgers in the back of their mind. Um, especially that was the only time that they denied the wish list. Like, like, like when they asked Sal about that at that time, we hadn't had Rodgers yet. And he was very defensive of that saying like, we got to give this guy his flowers. Um, but then like when, when recently we talk about the wish list, he didn't deny it. He didn't say like, that's not true. He just said it's common practice. Um, but you look at Lazard, right? Like that was my number one wide receiver that I thought was on the free agent market. When we first looked, you look at a guy like Cobb is like, would you rather have Cobb than like Jeff Smith? Like, what is the difference there? So it's just, it's just these, like you, you, you pick the narrative that you want, but it's like, these are pretty good moves when you look at, at the overall, like assessment of them. So it's, it's not like this, this jet staff is just doing all these crazy things to make this guy happy, you know? Yeah, the only one I laughed at was Tim Boyle because I'm just like, what do, what do we? What? Oh yeah, well that is a 100 was... like, oh I'd love to have my backup, my vet guy in here. Yeah, like another voice in the sound. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> like, right? You know what like, I want to avoid? A, a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers who's yeah. not going to be just 100 <laughs> focused on winning the Super Bowl with the Jets. That's what I want to avoid. It's a, it's a great point. You know, we like, want I'm trying Aaron to Rodgers. win. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it's not, yeah, it, it, it's, I really do think like every Jets fan feels the way that we do. So it's kind of like, like the Jets fancy a couple takes from these outside outlets. And then we all are just like dunking on air, just like, this is so stupid. Like, and yep. then Salah comes out and says it, but, but you know, it's fun to get riled up about stuff, but yeah, it's definitely stupid. Yeah. Very dumb. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, two fringe ones that obviously I think the Al Woods one has a little bit more impact than than Cobb, but two signings over the last week, you're starting to see this this roster take uh take itself into its final form. Yeah, I don't I don't like fully know, you know, I don't claim to be the D-line guru, but expect Al Woods to like be, you know, one of the top guys um in that rotation. Like obviously you have Quinn in and then you're gonna have Franklin Myers, maybe, unless he's still playing edge and you're going to have Solomon Thomas, but the, or like, I think Woods is kind of right well, there. Quinn Jefferson, is, Quinn Jefferson will take priority. Oh, over. Th- yeah, that's what I'm missing. That's what I'm missing. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, what did we still, say? Top the snap percentages guy. as well, too. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. he's going to be playing. He, he'll be on the field. Um, probably even more than Randall Cobb, I'd say, at the end of the day. Um, Teddy. The other, I guess, piece of news in the continuing situation that we're taking a look at, speaking of those defensive tackles, is Quinnen Williams and his contract extension. Uh, report over this past weekend, so maybe about five-ish days old now, from Rich Cimini, um, saying that the Jets and Quinnen Williams are far apart on their extension. Um, you know, this past week, we saw another defensive tackle land a, a big star contract extension in New York. This one, Dexter Lawrence with the Giants. Four years, 90 million, 60 million guaranteed in there as well, too. So probably more of like a three for, you know, 60 than anything. But still probably like the fourth or fifth now defensive tackle to get a big fat paycheck. Um, And Quinnen Williams is sitting over here saying like, hey, did you take a look at that all pro team this past season? Like these guys are getting paid. Where's my money? Uh, your thoughts, because, you know, it, the other point that I want to throw in there as well, too, is that right after that same show that, that Robert Sala was on with, uh, Rich Eisen, he remains very confident that that deal is going to get done. So where do you sit at in this whole situation? Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, like I kind of understand the frustration side of it, you know, where you just want them to sign their guy, you want them to get it done. Mm-hmm. But 
to me very much this is like it's may 11th may 12th when you're listening to this and like like it's just like right now is not the time to panic on this i think just because we kind of talked about it a lot last week but it, it it's not really an option for the jets to not get this deal done so they're going to get it done it's just you know where is the the price going to land um and there's only so met, like there's only so much wiggle room for what this contract is going to be right like like uh Aaron Donald is currently making 32 million a year yeah right and then and the no next guy no one's reaching is making number. 24 25 million a year right yeah. somewhere around then yeah. so it's like you're not probably going to make Quinn an over more higher pay than Aaron Donald no. but so you're going to look at this range of 24 to 31 million or whatever you know and then it's going to fall somewhere in there and obviously you know from a Jets team building perspective you want it to be on the lower end and from Quinn's perspective you want it to be on the higher end but to me like that amount of wiggle room is like it, a lot of things would have to go wrong for this deal to not get done. And we've talked about it and the jets for, certainly know that like they need Quinnen on this team. And it's not like Quinnen is anymore this like, okay, yeah, he's pretty good, but we, we really want him to be better. We really like last year, he was that dude, like 100% that dude on a top defense. I'm going to fight back because we were saying before the season, we wanted to see him be that dude. There was a stretch leading up to this past year no, where you right. were like, where's that coming? So is there any, no, concern? that's what I'm saying. That's exactly there, what I'm saying. Is there any concern with the fact that in the contract year is when we saw it? Yeah. I mean, there, of course there's always going to be, but when you're looking at this jets team, removing Quinn and Williams from that defense hurts is a, 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 uh, a subtraction of talent that they just like really can't have, especially no. what they're pushing for this season. Yeah. So to me, this deal is going to get done. It just is a matter of when, uh, obviously you don't want it to, to stretch out. Um, I also don't think like Rich Samini tweeting that they're far apart again at the beginning of May, that doesn't really mean anything to me. Like to me, Rich Samini, like he's the guy that that's got Joe Douglas's number. Right. Like he's the guy that Joe calls or whoever calls uh, the PR team. Like he's the first guy that kind of is attached, I think. So when Joe Douglas wants to leak something, a lot of times I feel like that's what's happening with Samini. So do you not follow there? So so you think that this was a Douglas leak? I think it's coming from the agent. Really? Well, that's possible, but no, when it's Samini, I almost always assume it's a Douglas leak. And I think, I think this is just like, this is how negotiating is in today's NFL. I don't think you're definitely wrong. Um, what that it came from the agent, like it could come from either side, but the point still stands is like going to give that story to Rich Samini and saying, Hey, we're, we're not close. That is a tactic in itself of getting it out there, of trying to put pressure on the other party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I no, I get what you're saying, but I would think that like saying far apart when you know the numbers that everybody's at. And we went through this a couple of weeks ago, so I got them right here. Like you said, no one's touching Aaron Donald's 32 a year. That was so he wouldn't retire like that. He's making that money because it was either that or he was walking away from the game of football. The next one is Jeffrey Simmons at 23 and a half. 
uh, Deron Payne at 22 and a half. Dexter Lawrence figures out to about 22 a, a mil a year. And then you've got a couple of guys making 21 right now, Javon Hargrave and DeForest Buckner. So you're looking, like I said, I think at the end of the day, Quinnen is going to get more than those guys. Now, is it sitting at 24 million? I'm sure that's where the Jets would like to keep it. Like, let's just pay him slightly more than a Jeffrey Simmons. If that's the point that I think the Jets are going to be willing to go to, how can they be that far off when it comes to Quinn? Like, what is Quinnen's side asking for? Do they not recognize that they want to pay him in that top range? Because they know the number that they, they need to make him the second highest paid defensive tackle in football. They know 24 is probably the market they need to go hit. So, like, right. how far off can they be? What can Quinnen possibly be asking for? Like, that's why I think it's, I mean, it's that's why, why I would... think that it was more of an agent leak. So you think it's the Jets are saying, hey, we want to offer you $24 million. And they're saying, you know, it's really the same thing on either side. Like, there's no way like, there's no I way that think... the Jets there's no way that the Jets could be looking to go below twenty three and a half million a year. There's no way they know he's better than all of those defensive tackles. So what's does Quinnen want Aaron Donald money? He's That's not what Aaron I'm saying. Donald. There's I, no I, way. I think this is right. But 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 this is. The negotiation, and this is why I'm saying it's not worried, is like you you don't need like the deal can get done, but this is Quinn and Williams' chance. It, it you know, he's been in the NFL for four years. This is his chance to get a big payday, and it doesn't always come around, you know. So when you have that opportunity, you gotta negotiate like it. And this Quinn and Williams coming off an all-pro season, this is his time to get as much money as he possibly can. So why would you sit there and say, all right, the third guy's making 23 and a half. The first guy's making 32. Just give me 24 and we'll call it good. I mean, if I was playing, yeah. I, give me 26, give me 27. You know what I mean? So I think they're somewhere in the, that range. I bet you they quit inside started at around, you know, 29, 28, whatever. And I bet you Joe Douglas and them started at 23, 5, 24. And I bet you they're going to find somewhere in the middle or some type of incentive or bonus or whatever. Um, but my thing with Samini is when I see Samini tweet, I always assume it's, it's coming out of Joe Douglas's pocket. Or I think he just wants to talk shit because that's what Samini does. He he talks negatively about the Jets and he and he's into which I like Samini well enough. I think he's good. See, at I would come more from the talk shit angle. That's what I would want to think it would be coming from. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just like, I why would the sense. GM, why would the GM want it out there that they're that far apart? I feel like whenever that stuff comes out, it's from the player side of things. Yeah. I mean, you, you could, you could certainly be right, but I, I think that the play works for both teams. Like if, if, if Quinn and agent is saying, listen, we won't start at 26 and we'll, we'll talk or start at 27 yeah. and we'll talk. And Joe's like, listen, I'm not doing that. Get your guy to put out that, or it could work the other way. You know, like someone's playing yeah. hardball. I don't necessarily know who, um, but it's fun to think about. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's like that show, Ballers. <laughs> that show Ballers. That gets. I I love that show. It got I, it got I never bad got past like episode like five. I would it, always try. TV shows just, struggle like, to maintain like past like TV shows. You can't. There, there's yeah. like a couple that can maintain it. 
the first couple of seasons I really enjoyed, and then they just got super wacky with it. So. What's tough is you run out of like a place to go. Like you, you write the story, and then it's like, okay, we need to write more story. Like, it, what are we in, building to? In the final season, they got into like the skateboarding industry and the surfing industry, and it's like this was really? a show about football. It, it's just, like yeah, it, that's why that's what drew people. It got really weird. Yeah. Um. I'm yeah, actually getting really into surfing. I just watched the 100 foot wave, or I'm watching it. It's a docu series. Interesting. Um, about big wave surfing. It's freaking cool as hell. You know, you you and because last the last two years you got into boarding a little bit, right? Skateboarding or longboarding? Um, I like longboarding in college. Longboard a little I, bit. I think skateboarding is very cool. I think I similar think to like I like Niza Houston a ton. Um, this is worst pair of shoes. Worst fucking pair of shoes. Right. That dude. Oh, worst pair. Of the Nijas. That's just ridiculous. They're the I, most I uncomfortable pair of shoes like I've three ever owned. They're the w- most I mean, uncomfortable pair. They, they also they have no if support. Like, if you don't like the Nija ones, go ahead and buy the Nija twos. I, I think they're never, coming out with the threes soon. Never, never the twos are way more again. are way different. Um, you're such a hater. But what this reminds me of is you, it, this just sounds to me between the surfing and this that you're just getting back to your favorite tv show growing up and you're really being able to live that out in in real life what's that rocket power rocket power you, you think that's my favorite tv show growing up is that your you, you always you talked about cool... it you always really? talked about it <laughs> i mean yeah, you would awesome. always do the I, I definitely woogity. liked it you would always talk about that i feel like is that not yeah. it i maybe no, just because I mean, you're the like only it, person i, I heard talk about cool it i assumed for, it was yours to be... yeah i, I just no, heard you talk about it a lot for sure interesting that's funny you're when funny, would man. you guess? When would you guess if you had to say right now? When do you think the deal gets struck with Quinnen? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I would say like fucking June or July. I'd like, say, yeah, I, I think July. I, I just, Early July. Let me let Fourth me of July weekend. Let me uh throw this by you. Yeah. Whenever um the like things like this are happening, whether it's contract talks or or free agents, whatever. Joe Douglas, when the media asked him about it, he he has a very standard answer of like, right now we're focused on the draft, or right now we're focused on free agency. Like, and, and he it kind of seems like he um it kind of seems like he, at least what he says based on his words, that he like they have a very distinct, like, okay, we're gonna tackle this, we're gonna tackle yeah. this, we're gonna tackle this. And he lives by and that. You got to be thinking about like what these past couple months have been, and it's been free agency and the draft with trying to get this deal done for Aaron Rodgers all involved in that. So, like, am I giving him too much of a pass to say like maybe they just aren't at this stage of their off season? Um, and I also think like there's still defensive tackles out there to be paid, right? Aren't there still one or two kind of floating around who need extensions? Or, or, or did this most recent one? I think did Dexter, Dexter wrap it up? Tied it up, yeah. Tied to Quinnen. Yeah. Because I did. I do think that you know smartly if Quinnen believed he when wants they to sat wait down and looked everybody... at all the guys, I think he wants to wait until everyone's deal is done. Yeah. So like if the negotiations are really heating up now, you know it'll get done. But I I, I don't expect it soon. And I'd love to be wrong, but I don't expect it soon. Did the Bills extend Ed Oliver? Where are they at with him? Because he was in that same draft class, right? I'm going to look up Let's Ed Oliver's check contract. Because he was a, the guy Third that was the four other. Four years, free agency in 2024. So they must have. Or no. 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 But Ed they isn't really as. 
He's not. He was that same draft. Yeah. Yeah, but Quinn was also like a top five pick. But he was. He was the ninth overall pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That might be the other one. He probably needs to sign one then. Yeah, might be waiting on it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's definitely we're in that. This is such like a funny time because I feel like people just love to like panic and react to news, which is fun. But it's like there's so much time for things to happen. There's a ton of time. Yeah. But do you want to be that team that's walking into training camp knowing that your best defensive player? I mean, no, top two one. And he's like he's saying like, oh, I'm going to be willing to sit out of camp until I get the number that I want. Like, that's not going to be great. I I agree, but I guess my only pushback to that is it's like, like obviously you don't want that. It's a distraction, but it's not like that's not common. I mean, I like holdouts no. are less common now, but it's yeah. not like the best player, you know, doing his thing. But again, right. I would love the deal to get done sooner rather yeah. than later. Yeah, I agree. But I won't worry until training camp starts. Till day one of training camp. If he's not there, then I'll start worrying. That's fair. I give that a good panic time. I think I'll say July then 4th you, weekend. They'll celebrate celebrate going into the 4th of July weekend with a contract extension. That's my final prediction. Did we do something on July 4th last year? Like the show? Or did we as friends? No, no, no. Like the Jets. Like I believe the Jets. Maybe not. I don't know. I could be thinking about. I'm pretty so. sure LeBron announced he was going back to Cleveland on July. Well, no, that's not true. It was I was – fun fact, I'm very attached to LeBron James changing his careers. I was visiting Ohio State, and I was on oh, campus yeah? the day he went back to Cleveland um, for the second time. And then I was in Los Angeles with my lovely ex-girlfriend, Julia Marie. Nice. And he Good announced that he was going to go to the Lakers. So – very attached yeah i was i was in canada when he announced the first one that he was coming with the letter the letter home i'm coming home i know what you're thinking of fourth of july was when katie announced that he was going to the warriors yeah yep i woke up that morning i I was i slept in because i didn't have to work that day i remember it vividly yeah well we'll see i would definitely like it to get done sometime in june but yeah. we'll talk about it every week until it gets done. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do here. Scott's got something to give us <laughs> to get us through this period. Exactly. Exactly. We'll be searching through his Twitter likes for the next two months. Teddy, I know. Uh, well, well, this week it was not hard because <laughs> as much as everyone wants to love stock shit about the schedule release, this is all anyone can fucking talk about uh, is the goddamn schedule release all the, day. And then, and then all day it's been the releases of the schedule release. Teddy, we're recording the schedule release officially happens in 25 minutes we probably we might still be recording i don't know we'll see but right now like i said we know just about the majority of it um what we know the jets are starting off the season monday night football primetime game hosting the buffalo bills uh they finish off their first month at the dallas cowboys hosting the new england patriots and then they've got the chiefs for a sunday night football game in week four uh week six they're hosting the eagles week eight they are uh, playing the giants um, technically the away team in that one they are then hosting Fine. the uh chargers for monday night football in week nine week 10 is sunday night football with the raiders you've got Devonte adams versus aaron Rodgers. that'll be a fun one week 12 they've got the black friday game uh hosting the miami dolphins 
Christmas Eve, they are hosting the Commanders. Week 17, they've got the Browns on Thursday night football. And, of course, can't finish off the season uh, without playing the New England Patriots on the road in Foxborough. Uh, I don't even know where we want to go with this. I mean, it's awesome to see all the primetime games. Um, but if you have any direction that you want to go with what we know about the schedule, the floor yeah, is Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said at the beginning, like the schedule doesn't do a ton for me. I'm not the type of guy who gets super excited. But with that being said, this year is a little fun just because I knew that the Jets were going to have all these primetime games that we haven't had. Mm. Um. I mean, I think the last Sunday night football game was, was, I don't know. I want to say Darnold's opener, but that, that I don't think that's, that's what correct. someone said. That's what, that's what Mike said. Earlier, the, yeah. the Detroit game that, why would that have been a Monday night football game or, uh, uh, I don't know, but no, regardless, it was, it, it, it was, was Monday night. I guess Monday night is, is technically. So yeah, I mean, time. they haven't, so in five, five years, six years, they haven't had a, a a lot of primetime games since then. Um, oh, no, that was their last primetime game win. That's what it is. That was the last time they won a primetime game. Nice. It's not because I was thinking about Sunday Night Football, which we haven't been in a long time. But I guess I, I apologize for being scatterbrained. But Bill's Jets week one, Monday Night Football. I mean, I think that's where we start because that's pretty exciting. Um you know, obviously, it, are the Bills the team that you necessarily want to go up against week one to start this season with your new team? No, but I kind of love it. I kind of yeah. love the challenge right off the gate. I kind of love, you know, if the Jets go out there and win that Monday night football game. It's a statement. I mean, come on, that's that would be a statement and a half. Um, I will say my take on this, it's very cool. I would have preferred the Jets week one to be one o'clock uh, just because i know one how excited i'm gonna be in that moment oh of, you know football is here yeah and i'm always i've always been the guy who i just want the jets to play at one like i love when they play at one and i don't have to wait <laughs> um so i will say i i don't love the monday night football week one but i appreciate it as a guy who hasn't been getting a lot of shine um first week of the season we're going to be you know, that's how like national fans kind of get these teams and kind of understand these teams by seeing them play on prime time. So, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. Good way to make a statement with the divisions, even staying competitive in week one. Obviously it's going to, you know, you, we said this last year, a lot of new pieces, you've got even more changes this off season. So it, it might take a little bit of time to get everybody in a good groove, um, but a fun way to start off. It's a tough first month and it's honestly, it's a tough, it's, it, where we were settling on when we were talking about the schedule is like, if you're in the AFC, you're going to look at your schedule every year now and just say, fuck, that's tough because you've got Buffalo twice, Miami twice. You're going to have to deal with, you know, New England always causing you fits twice. But then on the schedule this year as well, too, it's Kansas City, it's Denver, it's Philadelphia, the Cowboys are there, the Chargers are there. Uh, I'm trying to look through as well, too. Cleveland could be a competitive team. We, we have the full schedule now, the New York Post. I mean, we have the out. whole AFC West. No. Oh, yeah. So we have all the other games, um, I, the ones that we were missing. So you've got Denver week five. Um, you've got uh, Philly week six. You've got the bye week seven. So not too bad on the bye. It's not super early, not crazy. I hate when uh, it's super you know, early. I don't hate that at a all. A week five honestly. bye does suck. That's when they start them off. Yeah. Getting that week five bye is just so tough. And like a week like 14 bye sucks as well. 
Yep, exactly. So, yep, you got the bye week seven. Uh, we already mentioned Giants week eight and the Chargers. Uh, you've got Buffalo the second time in Buffalo week 11. Um, we talked week 12 is that Miami Friday game. Week 13, we got a nice stretch here for a little bit. Week 13, Atlanta. Week 14, Houston. Um, and then, yeah, like uh, week 15 is in Miami. So you're in Miami late in the year. Maybe you don't have to play in that terrible, you know, September stretch in Miami where the games are just brutal there. So full schedule Remind is officially me, out, but go ahead. What was, what was, uh, give me 13, 14, 15. 13 is Atlanta. 14 is Houston. 15 is in Miami. Okay. So, so here is my initial I, reaction to this. Same. Like go right like, there. You don't necessarily want, you know, to start off strong and, and, and I don't love doing this because, you know, if the Jets are going to be, we a, did good this team, all they're gonna be a good team and they're going to, yeah. Right. And it was exactly flipped of what we thought last year, but if the Jets are going to be a good team, they're going to be able to be a good team. So you don't really worry about that, but to see that kind of stretch from week, you, you play the dolphins week 12 and then from week 13 on, Nice. Um, you're really not playing a ton of great teams, and obviously that can change. But but read yeah. those that that list one more time for me. Yeah. So Atlanta. week twelve. So week twelve is Miami. Then you've got Atlanta, Houston, Miami again. You've got Washington, Cleveland, and finish off with New England. Not bad. Yeah, I mean that that could have been a lot. You know, if you're sitting there and you need a couple wins to make it, you know, and, and you were sit. Oh shit, we got to play the Chiefs and the Chargers. We got to play Herbert and and Mahomes or some shit like that's not ideal but um, this is this is where we get fucked because last year we yes. said the same thing with Jacksonville no 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 it was Jacksonville Detroit and Seattle and all three of those teams you know Detroit just missed the playoffs but Seattle and Jacksonville were in there so it is one of those things yes. where like we are under the assumption right now that those teams are going to suck so you're right that stretch there is is a, yeah. it's, a it's a lot lighter on paper than the first half it's not even about them sucking. It's just about them, you know, not being, being win the Chiefs. Winnable kind of. <laughs> Exactly. Not being, well, because here's the stretch. That's the here's, number one. Here's, here's you know, what kind of sucks of. is it's like Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia, Chargers, like Buffalo again. It's, you know, the first, first 10, 11 weeks, it's not like there's a ton of weak teams in there necessarily. Who would you say yeah. in that first 10 weeks, the weakest team is, you know, if Denver Giants, doesn't turn things Cowboys, around, Giants, Raiders. The Cowboys Denver. are pretty decent. They got a great defense. No, so. definitely. I mean, and and this is why, this is why this is my take on schedules. Is I hate like, that we're talking so much you, about. You it. can't <laughs> overanalyze. You can't. You can't sit there and say, okay, I'm gonna look at this team and okay, yeah. they play this team. I think they're better than them. They'll win. Like like that is never ever ever how it works. You're never gonna sit there and be like, oh, we're better than this team, this team, this team. Those will be the ones we win. We're worse than these ones. Those will be the ones we lose. So those my biggest it doesn't really matter how you play the order or what you think is a good team or not. And I, I again, it's like we need to, to kind of take a step up as Jets fans because obviously, you know, like making the playoffs for the first time in 12 years would be awesome. And, you know, having a winning record would be awesome. But are you going to be happy if we go nine and eight and we make it to the wild card round and lose? Like, no, like no. this Jets team needs to be a top 10, top five, top fucking one team in the league. You know, like that's where our expectations are with a guy like Rogers and with the defense we have and with the team we've 
bill. So like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I'm worried about having to play the bills and the chiefs. It's like, no, go out there and win, go out there and try to beat those teams. And you're not going to go 18 and zero, but go out there and fucking win. Like that's, that's where I stand with like football in general. It's like any given fucking Sunday. I'll tell you, no one's going to go 18 and 0 because there's only 17 games. There's so. only 17 games. I knew there was 18 weeks. As I said, <laughs> I started doing the math. I was like, nine plus eight, 17. Fuck. I just, I, what I love as well, too, when you look at this is like being in the Jets situation now, where the first time in, you know, in our lifetimes essentially is having one of those quarterbacks where you can take a look at these matchups and it's like, okay, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Patrick Mahomes, yep. Aaron Rodgers, Sunday night yep. football. Patrick Mahomes, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Monday night football. Like they're in this tier now where it's like the elite matchups that the league is going to watch. The NFL fans are going to be watching the New York Jets simply because yes, they just can't miss events. I love the amount of the primetime games. I love the the shine that they're getting. I'm like um, getting giddy thinking about it, dude. Like, so see, look, shit. we can get excited over it. Like, look at that. Yeah, holy Monday night football shit. week one. So it's what it ends up technically being. They they didn't count. When they said that teams could get up to six primetime games in a season, they weren't counting the Black Friday one as a primetime, even though it ends up being one. But when you take is a it look a late at night it, game, well, it's a it's a after it's a one p.m. game um, on Black Friday, which is interesting. So it's like uh it's like an island game, not tech, not primetime versus exactly, but it's, yep. it's an island game exactly that people will yep. be watching. So technically, if you want to include that one in there, they did end up getting six primetime, two Sunday night, two Monday night uh the friday and a thursday yeah i mean the sunday night ones are the ones that really stick out to me um because over the obviously the rules have now changed um with the way that they're kind of selling these games and and what the rules are but for a long time you know you knew everyone was going to get a thursday night game Mm -hmm. and you you knew everyone was going to get at least one primetime game so you could sometimes think you were going to get the thursday and then a Monday, but Sunday night football is, and you know, it, it doesn't always work out that way with the way it goes, but, but when they're planning the schedule, they plan for those to be huge games, you know, yep. games with teams that are good. It's why like Thursday night football is so often a dud and Sunday night football is so often awesome. You yep. know, it's by design. Oh, um, But to see, you know, week four, it's going to be Jets chiefs. It's going to be Mahomes versus Rogers. You know, that's going to be just like, like what a matchup. And then you see the second one against the Raiders. I kind of love that. It's not like the top tier of the league as opposed to the chiefs, but you know, go out there and, and put on a, put on a big show, you know, against, against Aaron Rodgers, former teammate against Jimmy G, you know, <laughs> that would kind of be a lot of people who thought we were going to have Jimmy G this year. Yeah. You go out with your new shiny toy and Aaron Rodgers yep. and put on a show. That would be pretty fun. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an awesome year and it's gonna be a fun year because like outside people will be invested in the Jets. Um, you know, national media and just fans oh, yeah. of the NFL are gonna start paying attention. And it's like, you know, they obviously we're really hoping they perform. That will be the funnest part of it all, but but getting the eyeballs on the Jets is a is a fun step. Oh yeah, definitely. I also like we're getting a Thursday night football rematch with Cleveland, uh, which if my memory serves me correct, was the first time Baker Mayfield came in and played for the Cleveland Browns Thursday night football against the Jets. And I think he led them to a comeback victory that he week. did. I Ty- you're Tyrod probably got a concussion. right. It was Thursday night. I don't it remember was. that particularly, but that was definitely yeah. his first his first game action and they got that it was the for their first win it was after their they yep. had gone like 15 and 1 and 16 and 0 
Um, yep. Whatever. <laughs> the Jets, the Jets, I, I said it, I called it. You one have time said last this year. before. They have yeah. a thing where they like injure quarterbacks, but they also the have a thing where like, where like a guy's like first game, they'll beat the Jets or like something like that. You know what I mean? Where it'll just be like, God damn it. Like, yep. why'd that have to us? Always on the receiving end um, of the, the crazy yeah. break for the other team. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, overall, I just, so we're playing the, the NFC East, you know, Eagles, Giants, Commanders, and Cowboys. Which, let me stop you right there. Would you say is that the most, um, competitive, talented division in the NFC right now? I think it is. No. Three playoff teams I, last year, and the Commanders yeah, just missed out. I still lean to giving it to the West, but uh, maybe that's overstepping. Arizona's uh, going to be bad next year. Rams could be really bad. Oh, I apologize. I'm thinking of the AFC West. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I was talking about the NFC. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because we okay, have the, so maybe. the NFC East here. I mean, the so NFC got- is a – I mean, you got the best quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Um yeah. So this is where you go. You've got the toughest Bucks Saints. Yeah, that division sucks. You've got the toughest NFC division. You've got the toughest AFC division. Yeah. Yeah. I guess where I kind of land on on the and you're probably the AFC, second toughest AFC on the division. NFC East. I think the Giants are going to take a step back personally, um, just because I think they overperformed last year for the talent on their team. Um, you know, a team like the Commanders doesn't worry me. Obviously, the Eagles are great, and the Cowboys are like gonna be better than they've been. Maybe they're always a team that can score good. a lot, and and they've improved their defense. They're always gonna be a good team, but like, you know, kind of like what we were saying, the Cowboys. I'm not gonna sit here and like be like, oh, I'm I'm scared for the Jets to play the Cowboys. I don't think they're no. better than them. Um, but yeah, I, I guess when you put it in that perspective, it's kind of hard to say they're not the best right. division in the NFC. Um. But then obviously the West, it's like that's not ideal having to play all those teams, but they're all beatable. I mean, they've all shown that they can be beatable. Yeah. And we'll get but. a huge revenge game for Nat Hack at PI. He'll do a great job going up against the Jets. The Jets do team. have a fourth place schedule, which like they say is easier. But really, there's only when you compare who the Jets play to the Dolphins and Patriots and Bills, there's only like one or two teams that are. It's it's the fact that they're playing. It's the fact that you play Houston and um, Atlanta. That's what it comes down to. Those are the two teams. Right. So it's against first playing the Colts. But so like that bothers me. I guess like two games is two games, and that's a lot when you think of seven two out of seventeen. But it's like their schedule is not that different than the first place schedule. You know what I mean? It's two games. So. It would have been sick to get a Colts um, game, though. They should have finished third in the division. Yeah, that's really yeah. the only. Those I'm looking the only, now. Uh, no, there's like three, three total differences, three games, um, because you guys also get Cleveland. So it is three games that make an Cleveland. impact there. Yeah, well, I don't guess play anybody else in the AFC too. North. Um. Yeah, they're a fourth place team too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So you know. Definitely not the easiest schedule in the world, but I think it will be a very, very exciting year for us in terms and of 
and what you said earlier is like the big the big point of it is like it's no longer about tough stretches that the jets have to go through it's like the jets are part of other teams tough stretches now right you have to consider the jets in that tier where they're going to be tough opponents for teams to come in and like we can't look at this first four weeks and be like oh well if we start one and three and only get the one win against the patriots like well, maybe we can bounce back. Like, like that is not at all how you can look at this. Like, at, sure, at the very happens, worst, that would suck. But it's yeah. like you you can't be going in being like, oh, I'm fine with one and three to start the year. No, you know? at the at the very worst, you should be okay with a two and two. Yeah, like you should you should. And obviously, we're we're taking a look and we're just we're basing it off of where these teams are sitting at now. But realistically, you gotta you gotta like. um you know, like even if you think you're the best team in the league, right? It's like you're gonna lose some games. Like most yeah. most years, the best record in the league is three losses, maybe two if a team's really good. You know, maybe one, but but there's gonna. That's why, like like Sunday night football against the Chiefs or like Week One against the Bills. In other years, that would like bum me out a little bit. Like uh, Week One, we gotta go out and get crushed by the Bills and. You know, and our best hope, hope is to, you know, steal a game against the Cowboys and beat the Patriots. Like, like, yeah, it's way better to be like excited, like, oh shit, like Rogers, Josh Allen, show that we're better. Rogers, Mahomes, show that we can play with them, you know, like, shit like that. God, look at us, man. The Jets are freaking on top of the world right you now. You got more excited about the schedule the more we talked about it. You no, it's, it. it's not that I'm not excited. It's not that I, but it's just like the, these teams, the could, of, we knew who they were playing. This, yeah. These teams could be in any order That's and it will point. not affect how I feel. The That's fact that point. the Jets have exciting primetime games, like that is somewhat interesting, but like, fair. I don't care what order you put the 18 games. Like oh, that, that's fair. You could, I could show up week, you know, probably, I'd probably want to know like a week before, like, and be like, oh, we got the Chiefs. All right. Or we got yeah. the Bills. Like, all right, let's go. Let's, we're playing the Bills this week. They well, should with do that. With that being said, oh. Aaron Rodgers is at voluntary workouts right now. Obviously, there's a long way to go. A lot of, a lot of stuff to, to implement, whatever. Start fucking developing that game plan now for week one. <laughs> for like, Buffalo? Start practicing those scripted plays <laughs> now. I want to win that fucking game. Score on the first drive. Start thinking about it right now. Well, it's, it's like even last year, the Bills kicked off the season in Los Angeles against the defending champs and won 31 to 10. And you were sitting there and you were like, the yeah. Bills. Yeah. And then their season, and you then you come to find out that the Rams just sucked. You know, they, they the Rams were just bad and the Bills were good, but they weren't as good as they looked they week one. But it's like, thought. think about how excited you were if, as a Bills fan coming out of that game. Like, that's where you want to be with the Jets. You want to finish week one against a really tough opponent and say, like, we fucking showed ourselves. Let's get this season rolling. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, I guess, really, if we want to move well, on. Let me ask you get... this, Blake. Yeah. Do you – I mean, we just did a great pod. The schedule turns Save out great. It. I will talk about this next, but it, it could be our topic because I don't I don't think this it's is not a necessarily going to be quick. I don't want to, like, rush through it. Let's spend some time Because um, where there is – like, this is a great team. We're all excited. We're all Jets fans. We got to see the schedule release tonight um, or yesterday. But – there are still room for improvement and there's things to kind of dissect. And I feel like I have felt myself becoming a little bit, I, I don't even want to say pestic, but it's just like, 
I'm not just going to be, you know, on top of the world. We're better than everyone, you know, yeah. like, like there's still things to worry about. There's still things to talk about and there's still, you know, we still need to go out there and get it done. So there's still a lot of things that we can talk about and, and talking about where this roster could still improve. There's obviously not a lot, but there are still definitely some interesting conversations to be had. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that I can say is my thoughts is before we head into next week is I don't feel necessarily that great about the defense, which is interesting considering how great they performed last year. So that'll that be an interesting. interesting conversation to have at certain position groups that like, like I said, I, I love Al Woods signing. Um, but, you know, you take a look. At, it's the same positions that we talked about last year. It's safety and linebacker. And and we we were wrong about linebacker. Linebacker outperforms. But at the end of the day, another year older, did we just get some flash in the pan production out of certain guys? Same with safety. Like we, we don't, we can save this for another we'll, episode. We'll dive into it, it, but I'm going to go on the record. I disagree. You feel good about the defense. Yeah, pretty good. I think I, I feel good about it. I just don't feel, I guess maybe. Uh, you got to save it for next week. Save it. Yeah. All right. Good idea. We're yeah, we've, teasing we've talked long enough. We talked. Just put the tip in just a little bit. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening <laughs> to another episode of Chasing 1969. Uh, we will talk to you all next week. Probably even, you know, I mean, Teddy, since this is a Friday pod, we'll probably be yeah, yeah. in a few days. We'll talk to you in a few we'll days. Um, so appreciate you Which guys always listening. Fun. As always, make sure to listen uh, or to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Honcho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's. We appreciate you. We love you. Congrats on getting the schedule. We can go, What do you call it schedule bait? Because some people roster bait. Do you schedule bait technically? Yeah. Is that that something? would be weird though. Like being like, oh, I'm so excited. I guess the only thing you could schedule bait to this year would be the Jets Browns getting, week, you know, Browns week 17. Six Island games, oh. five primetime games. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. exciting. It but is. yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yes, I'm so fucking pumped to play the Cowboys week two. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go into Jerry's world. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll talk to y'all next week. Appreciate it. Peace. <laughs>